and welcome my faithful and loyal viewers, readers, and listeners. Welcome to another segment of Verse of the Day. Today's verse comes from James 1, 19 through 20, and it says, My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. So James here is echoing the words of Solomon in Proverbs about controlling the tongue to avoid outbursts of anger. There are two in particular, two passages in Proverbs in particular that we're going to look at. And they are Proverbs 10.19 and Proverbs 17.27-28. So Proverbs 10.19 says this, When there are many words, sin is unavoidable, but the one who controls his lips is prudent. What what is Solomon trying to tell us here? He's trying to tell us is he trying to tell us not to talk a lot? No, that is not what he is telling us here at all. But what he is telling us those who have evil or wicked desires will talk a good game. But in reality, they are only meant to confuse you and lead you down the wrong path. The content of the speech of a person with evil desires is what matters. If you pay attention and listen to what they are actually saying, then you will hear the lies and the untruths that they are speaking, and you'll be able to avoid falling into the trap that they are trying to lead you into. So the second passage is Proverbs 17, 27-28, which says this, The one who has knowledge restrains his words, and the one who keeps a cool head is a person of understanding. Even a fool is considered wise when he keeps silent, discerning when he seals his lips. So Solomon here is mixing together both Egyptian and Israelite wisdom, both of which viewed the ideal personality type as being cool or dispassionate. Jesus was the ultimate example of this restraint. See that in Isaiah 53 7 and Mark 14 61. Solomon is using an implied or fortiori argument or a conclusion for which there is stronger evidence than the previously accepted one by saying, if even a fool is considered wise when silent, then how much more will an intelligent person be respected for restraint? And then goes on to say, uh, that a fool will not only be considered wise, but he will be considered discerning when he seals his lips. What does Solomon mean when he writes discerning? This is what he means. A discerning person has the capacity to understand what he hears and sees and to internalize knowledge so that it directs his actions. So that means that James and Solomon are telling us the exact same thing. They are telling us that when we don't react in anger and hostility with words that are designed to hurt and to speak death, not life, over a person, we are making ourselves out to be fools who are unable to understand what we are seeing and what we are hearing and can internalize the knowledge that we are being presented with because we have so blinded ourselves with our unrighteous and godly anger. We can't say that we're causing more harm than good to ourselves and to those around us. We have to learn to control our tongues and our anger by hearing and heeding these words that James wrote over a thousand years ago. Not many should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature, able also to control the whole body. Now if we put bits into the mouths of horses, 
So that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies, and consider ships. They're very large and driven by fierce winds. They are gui guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot directs, so too through the tongue is a small so too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how small a f how a small fire that blaze a large forest, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a road of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a relentless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and we have cursed people who are made in God's name likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives? My brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt water spring yield fresh water. Neither can a salt water spring yield fresh water. And that concludes our verse of the day. Now we're going to move on to the other top to our, to the next topic which was if you remember from last time we were talking about the covenant and the law and so the topic of discussion for that today is how did God begin to fulfill his promise so we're going to look at three passages from the book of Genesis that describe that the first one is Genesis 12 1 through 3 since the Lord said to Abram Go out from your land, your relatives, and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And the next one is Genesis 15, 4-5. And it says, Now the word of the Lord came to him. This one will, will not be your heir. Instead, one who comes from your own body will be your heir. Took him outside and said, Look at the sky and count the stars. If you are able to count them, then he said to him, Your offspring will be that numerous. And the last one is Genesis 17, 1-7. He said, When Abraham was ninety-nine years old, the Lord appeared to him, saying, I am God Almighty. Live in my presence and be blameless. I will set up my covenant between you uh, between me and you, and I will multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell face down, and God spoke with him. As for me, here is my covenant with you. You will become the father of many nations. Your name will no longer be Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I will make you the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful, and will make nations and kings come from you. I will confirm my covenant that is between me and you and your future offspring throughout their generations. It is a permanent covenant to be your God and the God of your offspring after you. So the answer to our question is to answer to our question, how did God begin to fulfill his promise? God began to fulfill his promise by calling Abraham. And God promised to bless the world through Abraham and his descendants. If you read just the first and the last chapter of the Bible, you know that it is telling a story from in the beginning to forever and ever. You also learn that from its beginning to its end, the Bible is in part about the Jewish people. The descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And of course, Jesus himself was Jewish. Have you ever wondered why is the Bible all about the Jewish people? And why is the Savior of the world Jewish? If you don't get your head around this, it's difficult to understand the Bible at all. 
the answer goes all the way back to the first book of the Bible, Genesis. In Genesis, we see that Eve, that Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God, and the world became a place of sin and brokenness. You can almost feel all of creation pausing to see God's response to man's sin. Was he going to give up on the human race, or was he going to rescue it? If he was going to rescue it, how was he going to do that? God was going to rescue the world, including broken humanity, through his work with a man named Abraham. Our God loves to call people into relationship with himself and give them promises. So God called Abraham, the forefather of all the Jewish people, and promised to bless the world through him. But that's not all. The Bible isn't just a bunch of ancient stories without relevance for our contemporary lives. Purpose God had for Abraham, he now has for us. We are called to be a light to the nations. We are called to be a blessing. Spend time in prayer today and ask God to use you and his mission in the world around you.